Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You already know what we are talking about today. What a day it was yesterday for the Georgia Bulldogs, capping off the number one recruiting class, the class of 2024, with one of the most fun sort of signing day flips I think we've seen in quite some time. K.J. Bolden in the mix for UGA, the longstanding recruiting battle that Georgia had waged on a number of fronts, finally came to a conclusion yesterday with Bolden making his pledge and then ultimately signing his letter of intent on his way officially now to the University of Georgia. Now, I'll tell you this real quick. We obviously had a great time covering this for you on Dog Nation yesterday. This was one of those deals where you know, I was kind of on guard for anything. It's kind of interesting to talk to people kind of behind the scenes on something like this and you know, people who, you know, I always, I always talk about the, those who kind of know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. It's always interesting when the people who kind of know those sorts of people start to wonder, well, the people that I know who know people who know what's going on and all that kind of stuff, am I getting accurate information? I know what they're telling me, but is what they're telling me true? And is what they're telling me on the level? And is this all something we all got to, you know, kind of make sense of here? It's just interesting to watch how yesterday, knowing how full combat the recruiting process can be right here down to the wire, Georgia kind of throwing its own elbows, everybody else trying to do their version of that too. Everybody was just sort of on guard for anything. And if you watch the ceremony there on our Dog Nation video channels yesterday, the other thing about the Bolden announcement is it was a little bit, I don't want to say anticlimactic, but there wasn't a great deal of attempt to, you know, make this be all that mysterious. As, as you're seeing, if you're watching on video, Bolden was wearing the red bow tie, very sharp, dap, you know, dapper uh, even in, in the uh, you know, tuxedo-style jacket, the red bow tie, the Georgia hat matched that. Uh, on the big screen behind him, there was a Georgia graphic highlighting that's the place that he was going. And you know, any kind of mention of the idea that he was a flip away from Florida State and there had been all this hysteria about you know, Auburn getting in, being a late push, all of that kind of stuff was really very much downplay. The same thing for his teammate who you see once again watching on video standing next to him, Edric Houston, who really had been thought to perhaps be flipping away from Ohio State, maybe going to Alabama. Once again, there wasn't a whole lot of fanfare around that either. So it's almost like the actual mood leading up to the announcement, it was actually Bryant Appling, the uh, Buford coach, who kind of made the announcement for K.J. Bolden. It was all, and this is great video, by the way, to our team that's kind of putting this together for us. It looks great to see on video all that recap taking place there. But the point is, it was almost so anticlimactic that as you're sitting here in this box of a studio that I live in, I'm sitting here wondering, wait, is this real? Is this it? Or is there going to be like a, a you know, uh, some sort of like you know, Skyrider airplane come flying by in a moment that says, ha ha, we got you. It's just a joke. It's actually going to be so-and-so school. It was almost so little fanfare to the actual announcement that it didn't really match the hysteria of the last, you know, however many months and certainly the last 24 hours. But nonetheless, it is real. KJ Bolden, Georgia actually kind of wins this recruiting battle. But when you look a little deeper at what went on here, ultimately it doesn't appear that it was the public committed school Florida State that was actually the silver medalist here it sort of seems like Florida State got left in the dust we're left to believe that some of the issues around Florida State's future in the ACC may truly have been a little bit of an issue there in that recruitment overall and it ended up being the two SEC schools Georgia and Auburn who were actually in the ultimate trial by combat at the end to see who, who could emerge victorious for uh for KJ Bolden and lo and behold no surprise here Georgia's been kicking Auburn around for a long time and they did that again yesterday 
when it comes to K.J. Bolden's overall recruitment. So a very interesting way to end what had certainly been an incredible saga. And, uh, you know, I kind of joked about this on social media. And listen, y'all, I I wish I was a better person. Like, I I wish that I didn't enjoy, like, spiteful things and kind of (laughs) – I wish I was just above all of that, but uh, I am not. I am right there in the uh, mud with everybody else, or at least a lot of you, when it comes to stuff like this. And so as a way of, I think, being a little bit happier about the fact that Georgia's got the number one overall class and it's K.J. Bolden as a strong punctuation mark to all of that, it certainly seems like yesterday Auburn coach Hugh Freeze, which was sort of the other team making the late push here, he didn't mention K.J. Bolden by name, but it certainly seems like there's a very strong possibility that Hugh Freeze was not very happy about how the K.J. Bolden recruitment came to an end. And I just think this is fun. I think it's just kind of a funny way. And, and the truth is, I actually listened to the full Hugh Freeze press conference yesterday. I actually thought he did a pretty good job speaking candidly about the recruiting process. So I don't think Freeze had a bad press conference yesterday, to be completely honest with you. I thought it was actually kind of interesting. He was very open about a few things that sometimes coaches aren't all that open about. But because we're spiteful, because we like twisting the knife, it certainly seems like Hugh Freeze was a little bit bothered by the one that got away from them there late. And this, to me, is funny enough to play for you here. Here is Hugh Freeze referencing, gosh, he told me it's coming, and then all of a sudden he's not. Uh, here's Hugh Freeze from yesterday. You think you've done all to to flip another one, and then all of a sudden he goes another direction. Uh, you know those you you just take them in stride, really. You know you gave your best, and um, two days ago was told that you know I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, and then you know today it changes, and um, you know those are always disappointing because you put great effort in theirs. Yeah, I think a lot of Georgia fans would say there was a time way back in the past that Georgia fans thought Laramie Tunzel was coming to Georgia. All of a sudden he takes a visit to Ole Miss, and boy, everything changed after that. So, you know, this idea that, I mean, the whole point of hiring Hugh Freeze at Auburn is supposed to be this is a coach that knows his way around the SEC and sort of knows in this league when it comes to recruiting, it's not over till it's over. And yet Freeze still, at least to some degree, sounds somewhat surprised by all that, or at least disappointed by all of that. In fact, he went into even more detail at the beginning of the press conference about just how stressful the last 24 hours for him had been I think this is really funny because he almost wants to sort of pitch it here as if if we're assuming this is all about KJ Bolden that somehow you know Georgia was trying to like almost do like a late night cram session like I did back when I was in school not studying enough over the course of a semester and trying to get it all done over the course of like one eight or ten hour period it's almost like that's what Hugh Freeze wanted to sell you know the KJ Bolden story on of the fact that Georgia was taking some shortcuts and trying to swoop in late and kind of make up some ground late that was the uh, at least the pitch that it seemed like Hugh Freeze was trying to make yesterday let me let you hear Hugh Freeze again here listen last night it was uh there's some schools in this conference that uh, they 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 believe in last night efforts and um and what you know you gotta you gotta fight and you gotta hold on and you gotta stay up all night and play video games and do stuff that's out of my comfort zone and um but you you just you know there was there was some late night pushes and we won held on some and won one and lost one and um people in this conference are good at what they do and um, i don't always like what is done but it's uh it's it's you know you gotta just you gotta have plans and you gotta fight for it First of all, can you imagine playing video games with Hugh Freeze? Like, can you imagine what that must be like? But don't you, I mean, sometimes all you need to know is this. 
if the Auburn coach is doing a press conference, whoever it might be in any given year, because Auburn changes coaches about every 24 months. So whoever the Auburn coach happens to be in any given year, if he's going to a podium on National Signing Day and if he's saying, I may not always like what's going to get done, but in this league, you've just come to expect it. If that's what the Auburn coach is saying, we would presume perhaps George is one of the schools that he's referencing there. That means somebody around UGA, somebody in Athens is doing something right. If the Auburn coach is that upset on National Signing Day, that means that somebody at Georgia is doing something right. In this particular case, it would be Kirby Smart. Now, here's where I want to kind of pivot the conversation for a moment because obviously while there is some sort of fun and sort of spitefulness around the – you know the the disappointment in Hugh Freeze's voice we've gotten used to hearing that a little bit lately but uh while there's some fun and sort of spiteful enjoyment in all of that the contrast here is obvious because while Hugh Freeze is like well lord I just guess they just swooped in right there at the last minute and I guess Kirby Smart just played video games with him all night long and therefore they're able to come in there and win that recruitment battle like like that's the way that Hugh Freeze would sort of sell all of that but what Kirby Smart says, and I don't even think that Smart was even maybe all that aware of what Hugh Freeze had maybe said earlier in the afternoon, if it even was earlier. I'm not even you know, all that familiar with what the timeline was. Kirby Smart did go relatively late in the evening yesterday. But the point is, is that Kirby Smart told you the actual truth about how it is that, that Georgia won the K.J. Bolden recruitment. Not just against Auburn, who kind of swooped in late, but against Florida State, who had had the public commitment for months and months and months. How is it that Georgia kind of remained a factor in all of this, and how is it that Georgia actually ended up winning this recruiting battle? I think this is actually really good from Kirby Smart. It's a slightly longer clip than I would sometimes play, but it is, I think, very illustrative, to use a big word, of exactly what Georgia does to win battles like this, whether it's the late, exciting, last-minute flip or the you know the guy that kind of pledges right before you know he begins his senior season sort of normal fashion these are the ways in which georgia wins recruiting battles like this this is very strong stuff from kirby smart take a listen i, I mean we did what we do on every kid i mean we recruited we we, we, we i mean I, I met kj bolden his mom his ninth grade year in the indoor and sat and talked to him for 45 minutes and uh, just had a great appreciation for her and him. He was a young kid then. And he actually had worked out at our campus a wide out and we knew that he was a really talented young man. And from that point on, I mean, I bet he's been on this campus 20 or 30 times between coming over here for different events and 707s, but there was no different recruitment for KJ. It was just consistent and uh, a mutual respect probably is the right word. You know, I reached out to him when he when he committed uh, elsewhere and just told him had a lot of respect for him and we weren't going to stop recruiting him and that we thought this was the best place for him. And I've always learned, Andrew Thomas's parents taught me that consistency is the key. And uh, we were very consistent every time he was here. And then you know what? It worked out. It doesn't always work out, but it worked out in this case and we're not going to change our, our method we go about things. Hey, Dog Nation, stop me if you've heard this before, but we had a little bit of a technical issue today that prevented us from finishing the show. So sorry about that, but we did switch over to a different format. We had a chance to talk to Terrence Edwards, so we hope you enjoy that, and we hope you are enjoying the fact that Georgia, once again, on top of the recruiting rankings, and thanks for being here with us on Dog Nation Daily today. So it sounds like we're also going to be able to bring on Terrence Edwards into this chat, so when he's ready to go, is he here right now? Okay, well, let's go ahead and talk to Terrence Edwards here right now. Terrence, kind enough to join us a little bit of a different format here today uh terrence i certainly appreciate that from you uh thank you very much and obviously it's a uh, just a great day for georgia here overall uh we may not yeah there he goes 
Uh, Terrence looking good. I didn't expect to be on camera today, but when you uh, stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And uh, Terrence Edwards is clearly already ready. So, uh, Terrence, oh, what a great day it was for Georgia, the number one recruiting class. What impressed you about what you got a chance to see? I really like the secondary that Kirby and company had to opportunity to sign. Uh, I've watched DeMello uh, Jones for uh, a few years now, known about him for a while since he's down in the area that I grew up in. And uh, I just really like the secondary additions as the linebackers additions and the D line. Most important. I think the D line was probably our weakest link this year uh, with Jordan Hall from last year. Like, uh, the group, especially defensively, that uh, Kirby and company was able to get. And I know everyone wants to talk about the quarterback position, but I've went and watched uh, Ryan Pozlowski uh, quite a bit. And I really, really think this guy is a very similar skill set to Carson Beck. So I really like his upside, and I really like that he stuck by Georgia. Uh, doesn't matter who they had in this class for the quarterback position. He didn't waver. And that's the type of kid I want on, on the Georgia Bulldogs. You mentioned DeMello Jones a moment ago, and, you know, there's been a lot of chatter about Ellis Robbins with a good reason. Obviously, everybody's excited about K.J. Bolden today. But gosh, Terrence, and I know you still have a lot of great memories of this state championship week last week at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Of all the Georgia guys or even like names we had one point in time, you know, kind of connect, you know, elite recruits that kind of played in that event over the course of three days. I'm not quite so sure how many players were individually more impressive to me than when DeMello Jones was. And you know, obviously, they've been aware of him kind of coming out of Waynesboro, but I don't know that I'd watched him that closely until that state championship game. And my gosh, DeMello Jones is a big time athlete. I know Kirby yesterday kind of talked about, you know, the speed that exists for Georgia with these secondary additions they're bringing in. Man, DeMello Jones is a really good looking athlete. I really think, even on a class that includes a guy like Ellis Robbins, which obviously, you know, he has no shortage of admirers. Man, I think there's a chance that DeMello Jones ends up having a very bright future at UGA. I think so. I've, I've watched it, the kid, and I think he's special with the ball in his hand. So I hope there's some opportunity offensively for the kid, uh, maybe some return game for the kid. So I really think the kid upside is is very uh, high. Uh, I like the three corners that we brought in. All three guys can, can run. Um, so I really like the speed that we added in the secondary, and we all know what K.J. Bolden brings to the table. And I like to see K.J. play some star position as well. I think he's physical enough in the box and i think he he has the cover ability uh as well um uh, so i hope he gets an opportunity to play there as well but i just think that the the crew that we brought in is very fast i mean if you just look at chris cole i really like him a lot long athletic athletic linebacker out of virginia who can absolute run we know just the williams can run so it's all about bringing in size and speed yeah, I mean, we obviously don't know what Tyke Smith's future is going to be. Uh, he, I guess, technically could come back. It's weird. Almost every Georgia player could come back, with the exception, I believe, of Tremel Walthour. But um, the, the 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 point is, is that I think it's interesting to hear you mention the idea that K.J. Bolden could play star because that, to me, seems like one of those things, too, of you know, Georgia fans are hoping that Javon Bullard returns. We know Malachi Starks, we would presume, is, is going to come back here, that if you're looking for that immediate playing time for a guy like K.J. Bolden, Stark could kind of be it. And I guess there's a chance that Janelle Aguero is part of that conversation, too. And don't forget, Janelle Aguero was also, this time a year ago, a big-time safety prospect. But I love the idea of him potentially playing star because, A, I think he could be a good fit there. But also, couldn't that end up being a, a good early opportunity for playing time, just given what Georgia may still have at the safety spot? Did you lose your Terrence? You got me on that? Yeah, I lost you. I like 
Yeah, I, I said the idea that Star could be a good chance for some early playing time for uh, KJ Bolden, perhaps. Yes, I heard the first part about uh, KJ and him having an opportunity to play Star. I really like him at the Star position or free. I think he has the range to cover from hash to hash if we get into a single safety look. But I just think his 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 uh, football IQ uh, just going to set some apart along with. So if Taiki doesn't come back, we we do, we shortage of talent to to compete for that job. What about the idea that the Buford so so called Buford curse came to an end yesterday? This you know kind of a big deal. To a lot of fans, even some Georgia staffers, had made mention uh, of this a little bit. I mean, it's obviously a very talent rich program. Now you know you've got your own seven A very talent rich program. So I know that you guys probably think of Buford as a little bit of a rival. But in just in terms of a place that produced a lot of major college prospects, a lot of Georgia fans had kind of wondered when their chance was going to be to kind of get back in on some of that. What did you make of the idea that finally and officially the so-called Buford curse came to an end yesterday for Georgia? Well, if, if that was a curse, I think we probably got the best player out of the Buford school system yeah. as well. Uh, I think Tim Wansley uh, might have something to say about that. Uh, one of my, my teammates that I, I think is probably the best Buford player to ever come out of Buford. Uh, but KJ's up there with, with Tim Wanderlyn, so if the curse had to be lifted, I think we got one of the better players uh, for it to be lifted. Uh, I, I honestly thought uh, I've known KJ for a long time. He has trained with me. I know the family. I know Keisha. I know the mom. I know everyone very well. I've just always thought he was going to end up as a Bulldog. So when he committed to Florida State, um, that was shocking to me because I just thought – he would end up as a dog, uh, and he did. So this is not surprising to me. Um, no inf- no inside information. I just know how they felt about the Bulldogs, and uh, it ended up that he did sign with the Bulldogs, and this is what I thought all along. How valuable is it? You know, Kirby talked yesterday about spending 45 minutes with uh, KJ and his mom, you know, when he was in ninth grade coming to a camp. And when Kirby has a relationship that starts like that and he takes 20-whatever visits, you know, that it was – when you have a long-standing relationship built over a period of years, and you know this because, A, you were a great recruit, your brother was a great recruit, and you've also worked with great recruits here right now. When a program really invests that kind of time, it's not like a last-minute thing. It's not a, hey, we'll throw a bunch of money at you. It's about we really believe in you as a man, as a, as, as a, as a growing young man. We really believe in you, and we're going to invest our time in you. How much does that pay, matter, and how much does that pay off when it comes to recruiting overall? I think it does. You just look at it, Brandon, after the Alabama game, I think Kirby made it his point to go up and speak to Caleb Downs. Uh, so, you know, the relationship that they, they built, these young men, uh, don't don't change because they didn't sign with your school or they did sign with your school late. Uh, you know, these are real relationships that people cultivate throughout this whole recruitment process. And you spend a lot of time getting to know these kids, uh, getting to understand these kids. And uh, I, I think you just saw it on display when Kirby made his point to go. Uh, you mentioned Caleb Downs. And, you know, I think a lot of Georgia fans, I would say, I'm kind of in this category. I'm sort of hoping that K.J. Bolden kind of proves to be the 2024 version of what Caleb Downs was in 2023. You know, a guy that was dynamic on both sides of the ball. In uh, you know, you talk to people around the state. They'll say, yeah, there's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a player comparison there. Like, what do you make of the idea that, I mean, listen, you know, Downs left the state of Georgia a year ago, arguably became – best freshman in the country here this year for what he did for Alabama. You know, what kind of comparison would you make between a K.J. Bolden and a Caleb Downs here right now? You can see the talent. You can see the talent that they possess is the football IQ. And the most important thing, I think, the trait that Kirby 
looks at the most. And do you love football? And I think both of those guys just love football through and through. And you see a lot of talented guys, but they don't love football. And I think KJ uh, is one of those guys that is a Kirby-type guy because he loves loves football. And I think he can make the impact that uh, Caleb has. Yes, we have two guys that's coming back. That's uh, hopefully Javon Biller and Malachi Starks. Um, but I, you will, Kirby and company will find a role for KJ to make an impact. If it's special teams, it's the returning kicks, he will find a role for that young man because he's too good of a football player not to. The time we have left, you were talking about uh, Ryan Buglisi a little earlier, the Georgia quarterback commit. This is a guy that a lot of Georgia fans have kind of reconsidered in line of what happened with Dylan Riola. Talk to me a little bit more about what you have seen when you've seen Puglisi on film. I think he, just I don't know the young man. I'm going to speak about what – the, the intangibles and the intangibles that I seen that he did not blink an eye this whole recruit process. Yeah. He stuck with the dogs. He knew the dogs believe in him. Uh, I know that Jordan company was up front with the young man that it was going to take two quarterbacks and he didn't shy away from competition. He didn't care who the second quarterback was. He was coming to Georgia compete for a job. And uh, we could talk about his skill set. We could talk about all that. But what I want everyone to know about this young man, he never wavered. So I, I believe that he believed in the, in the program. Um, and things work, work out in mysterious ways where he's probably going to be the only scholarship quarterback that they take. And Georgia didn't waver from him, and he didn't waver from Georgia. And that's the type of stuff that I want my quarterback to be made of. I thought it was really interesting yesterday. Kirby Smart kind of talked about some of that kind of stuff, too, that – this is a guy that seems to understand that he has a chance to develop at Georgia. You almost wonder moving forward if that's going to be a more valuable aspect of the recruiting process of, am I bringing in someone that has sort of a realistic appraisal of their chances to play right away? And, um, you know, you know, is this one of those things where like, if I bring in a guy that has to play right away, or he's not going to be happy, then that may not be a good fit for my program. But for a guy like Ryan Puglisi, who knows that there's an entrenched starter and a guy like Gunnar Stockton's perhaps been here longer, he gets a chance to learn from them the way that Carson Beck once did. It seems like to use the word that you used and Kirby Smart also used yesterday, there are some intangible characteristics that perhaps make Ryan Puglisi even more to like about him, even though he obviously got a big, strong arm and he's a good athlete. It sort of seems like there's some of the intangible characteristics that could benefit him and benefit Georgia too while he's here. Yo, I think so. I think when you got a guy that's willing to wait and willing to learn, and understands that I, I don't have to be the guy day one. Uh, Ryan understands that Carson is going to be number one. Uh, Brock is probably going to be number two in spring, and he's probably going to be number three along with the other quarterbacks. So he has an opportunity to go in there and learn about college football, learn to play, but understands what college football is all about. Uh, adjust to the speed of the game, adjust to the talent that he's going to be around. Him. He's going to get opportunity to, to – to face the one of the best defenses in college football day in and day out. And I think that's that's invaluable, more than money, more than anything that you could get. And I've known I, I want these kids to get everything that, that's coming to them. But I also understand that the short game versus the long game, I think Ryan is playing the long game. This is obviously a personal question, but um, was there any chat around Milton about LT Overton, you know, went to Alabama, you know, obviously a former Milton player, reclassified, went to Texas A&M, now he's – on his way to Alabama, I think a lot of Georgia fans were hoping they might be able to get involved with an elite defensive lineman like that. But, you know, without very much fanfare at all, you know, it seems like Overton's on his way to Alabama. And you kind of chat around the halls there in Milton about, you know, you know what Overton did and the fact that, you know, he seemed to be on his way to Alabama without a whole lot of consideration very much of anywhere else. Uh, not not at all. Uh, he, I know he was at the game. So he came to the game to support the Milton Eagles. And um, that wasn't 
NHL, just about he got into the portal and the teams that he visited. I think he visited South Carolina, he visited Alabama. I think those are probably the only two teams that he visited that I heard of. So uh, there wasn't much chatter around the uh, the facility. I think we was locked in on trying to win the seven-day state championship. I'll give you uh, one more here. We'll let you go. The two receivers that Georgia signs in this class. I know you and I talked about London Humphreys a little bit last week, but uh, you know Nitro Tuggle sticks with Georgia. That's a pretty big deal. Sokovi White's a guy that – is obviously not as highly rated as a recruit, but a player I've seen in person many times. I've really grown to really like him a lot. I think he's a, uh, you know, talking about intangibles. I believe that Scovey White's got a lot of those for UGA. How about the two receivers that Georgia signed officially? Nitro Tuggle, a pretty big recruiting battle to hold on to him. Scovey White, a guy who I think has a lot of, you know, really big time leadership qualities that could come to the forefront here in the future. What do you like about Scovey and Nitro? Well, Sokovic, because I know him personally, I've seen him uh, throughout the, especially the 707 playing with Hustling. Uh, I can tell people this is my comp for him. I think he's uh, he's a football player. Yes, he is 5'9", 5'10", not the biggest, not the fastest, but he can play football. He has the uh, explosiveness that you're looking for for a guy who's not 6'2". And I can tell you this, I think he's a be- better version of Kiaris Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. Not as big as Kiaris but a better version, a guy that's going to come in and, and do everything that you ask to do. But Georgia faithful, you, you're going to be very surprised about how athletic this young man is. Uh, he has long arms that you're looking for, so his catch rate is, is very high. He's tough, and I think he's going to be uh, the guy that, that really uh, commands the slot position. Uh, Nitro Tuggle is a guy that I've talked about and spoke about having the same traits as, as A.D. Mitchell. I think he has to wiggle. Uh, after the catch, uh, he, he's twitchy, and uh, he can make people miss in the open field if you just go and look at his huddle. He has a lot of kick returns for a touchdown, for touchdown. So he has the ability to run after kick. So I really like the two receivers that we brought in. Uh, really good stuff to hear, Terrence. I, I appreciate you doing this in a little bit different uh, format here today. Always great to have you. I know folks will be checking out online. Terrence Edwards, Wide Receiver Academy. You can give folks a reminder they're on all of that. And uh, obviously, we'll look forward to talk to you again in kind of a normal format again here very soon. But remind folks that they can catch up with you online. Right. As I see my name down at BA right there, somebody had it with an eight early, but they changed yeah. it and put it with an eight. They got it fixed. But if you're looking for uh, any kind of training, you can find me on all social media platforms at Terrence that was Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, really good stuff. I always appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hope you guys have a, a Merry Christmas. We'll look forward to talking to you soon, okay? Thank you. All right. We are going to wrap it up here today. Now, tomorrow, we're just going to do the show like this. So when you see me at like 9.45 or 10 a.m., I'm just going to do it like this. We'll bring on Jeff. We'll talk. We'll be relaxed and casual. And on Monday and Tuesday of next, not Monday, Monday's Christmas. So Christmas Day, no show at all. Tuesday and Wednesday, we have pre-recorded shows because I'm taking the day off on the 26th. I just need a day off. y'all. I love my job, but I need a day off. Uh, and the 27th, I'm traveling to Miami. And so here's what the next few days of the show is going to look like. It'll be like this tomorrow. On Tuesday and Wednesday, it'll look like normal, but it won't be live. And on Thursday and Friday, it will be live, but it won't look like normal because we'll be there in Miami. And then game day is next Saturday. Believe it or not, uh, kind of a regular, normal game day uh, Saturday, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, well, that's, in fact, one of the things we're going to talk about in some of our shows next week is the fact that finally it sort of feels like there's some real legitimate Orange Bowl excitement. So we'll look forward to doing that with you then. All right. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm actually 
you know, normally this would be doing our R.S. Andrews cooldown. I'm actually about to have lunch with Dari Payros, so I'm actually looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time, as always. All right. Appreciate y'all. You're always fun to talk to. Signing day is one of those deals where, and especially in the midst of transfer portal, we just sort of have to throw it all out there and just sort of sift it through it and sort of see what it all is. And that'll take a little time to be able to do, but uh, we'll do a, uh, we'll do our best on all of that. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your patience as we're clearly not delivering the show the way that we need to here right now, but I will look for, Philip Jordan Wells says we're going to do a closet show there on Friday. Maybe so. Uh, I actually don't live in that house anymore, but maybe I may go knock on the uh, door of the house where I used to live. Hey, can I come back to the closet and uh, do the show the way that I used to? May need to do that. Uh, Slisha Gagnon, uh, Merry Christmas uh, to you there as well and to everybody out there around Dog Nation. So have a good day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily. We'll talk to you then.